You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is time for another enthralling edition of Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original sports podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Hey, everybody, I am Scott Cabranson, your host, along with my partner in crime, the man, not even the myth anymore. Now he is like a legend, Midtown Mo, Mr. Mo <laughs> Moten. From, he is the national NFL writer at Bleacher Report, so he covers the entire league. You can catch his stuff up there. You can also catch his Raiders content on sportsnot.com, where he is a Raiders columnist. Yes. He's so big that not one website can contain him. Mo, good to see you, man. How was your weekend? Are you ready? You ready for the combine for some of this stuff? That's gonna it's lying season, yes, but we're gonna actually see some results now. Right. This is the kind of the first taste of NFL prospects for a lot of people. You know, majority of people are, aren't cramming film and watching these <laughs> prospects. So it's their first real look at. You know, guys who are going to throw the combine among the quarterbacks, guys who are going to do the broad jump, long jump, run their 40s, uh, bench press for the for the guys in the trenches, the offensive linemen, defensive linemen. So I think this is kind of like the first for some people, this is kind of the first taste into NFL draft season, which is exciting. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Of course, now this is where I, I want to say to people too, because it's funny. I've I, I've been tweeting stories out and this kind of stuff, and the reaction is so funny. Oh, this is crap. Or oh, this is this is sounds good, and it's it's funny because people are like, well, it doesn't mean anything, and and in fact, it really doesn't, right? Until you start doing things. But I will say this week, and I'm going to be up at the combine starting on Tuesday through Sunday, so I'll be there uh, almost every single day, except with the exception of Friday. Uh, so I'll be at the press conferences. I'll be there. I'll kind of get the skinny of what's going on. We'll hear what's going on. But, Mo, we talked about it last time. This is where deals start happening. They can't be consummated officially until March 14th. But they. this is where it starts. This is where trades start. This is where trades in the draft start. This is where free agent conversations. Because, yes, there's fans at the Combine, and there's obviously a crap ton of media. But, really, this is where executives, coaches, scouting – 
front office people are there and they get to kind of intermingle and start to work on things in person before they all go back to their respective uh, locations and prepare for the draft. So I anticipate a very busy week and, and hopefully uh, we'll, we'll do the show, by the way, Wednesday. I'll do the show from the Combine as well. So we'll get you up to date on the latest of what we're hearing with the Raiders. But this is where it all starts happening, though. It's funny because, you know, there's this legal tampering period for the NFL when teams can reach out to players. But we all know the truth that, as you said, at the combine, that's when all the deals are talked about. Usually a group of the media writers and reporters kind of get together and kind of share notes on, you know, what they've been hearing. And that's how you get these stories after the combine about such and such has been talked about in trade discussions, such and such might be uh, cut or released. That's where it all comes from. Of course, it's separate from the actual coaches and general managers having their discussions at wherever they're eating at, whatever restaurant they're at. But it's always an exciting time because of the rumor mill that comes out after the combine. Yes, that is exactly what. So so I will be in smack in the middle of it and try to uh, get Raider Nation here some some notes and some information. Although I think, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward what we've seen in the last few days as far as news goes. First, I want to address and I want to get your thoughts. The Raiders coaching staff is now complete. They announced it officially um, this week with with a list of all of the coaches. In case we kind of knew almost everybody that was that was going to be joining Antonio Pierce's staff. Of course, he is the head coach, the assistant head coach, Marvin Lewis. Matt Sheldon is a game management coach. We know Luke Getzey. Edgar Bennett is back as wide receivers coach. You have James Craig coming over to coach the offensive line. Joe Philbin. We talked about him a little bit, senior offensive assistant. DeAndre Pierce, the coach's son, is the offensive assistant. And we talked about Rich Scangaro as well as the quarterback's coach. Um, anybody here surprise you? Anybody excite you as far as the coaching staff? It's hard, right? Because most people, again, too, unless you're talking about OC or DC, most fans don't know deeply about the coaching staff, especially from the position standpoint, other than guys that have been there for a while. But any anything that surprised you or anything that sticks out for you? Well, the Raiders didn't get Clint Kubiak, who was with the 49ers staff under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to New Orleans. But um, they did get, uh, I believe it was James Craig, who was the – who was an offensive line coach over with the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. So they didn't get exactly Kubiak, but they still got a, a, a Shanahan disciple, so to speak. So I, I expect the Raiders to have a lot of outside zone run plays, mm-hmm. which is what Luke uh, Getzey had in Chicago. So I kind of, the, the marriage between Luke Getzey and James Craig, as far as systems and schematics are concerned, match up. Um, I'm not going to say that the Raiders are going to run a 49ers like offense because they don't have 49ers players, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, but <laughs> Debo Samuel. But uh, I, I think what you're going to get is a team that's going to be a run first team, unless somebody like Kirk Cousins comes to Las Vegas. I don't see the fit there. But unless they get a, a veteran quarterback who's used to high volume passing, you're going to get a run first team, especially if you're going to have an inexperienced quarterback. And I think you're going to have a system with a mobile quarterback. That's not a shot at Aiden O'Connell, but looking at Luke Getz's history, he's worked with mobile quarterbacks. And I think that will continue in Las Vegas. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing too, is I think, I think you look at, at, at this gives you clues, right? And until the coaching staff gets their roster. Oh yeah. By the way, a roster together. uh, It's hard to, to kind of pass judgment or to understand what they may or may not do 
because they don't have the pieces all in place. And it starts with the quarterback, as you mentioned. And, and I think that that's something that we're going to look into as we go into the combine, which is the Raiders have needs. You know, a lot of people want to look at it as a very simple solution or a simple equation. And that is, okay, the Raiders are close or the Raiders are not close. But the reality is it's somewhere in between. The Raiders, I, I believe, should be a playoff team next year based on that, all depending on what happens at quarterback. I mean, I just have to say that because even with Aiden O'Connell, who did okay, again, everybody wants to, te- we want to temper it a little bit. He did okay last year in the situation he was in as a fourth round rookie. You have to com- consider all of that. But if they can, if they can get somebody in at quarterback who's a difference maker, or, uh, even if it's a rookie, then I think you start to look at that and say, okay, this team can perform there. But they also have to fill spots on the offensive line and get depth on the offensive line. They also need to fill spots on the defensive line and the defensive backfield as well. As we head into the combine, obviously story number one is going to be quarterback. I looked at the schedule, Mo. Tom Telesco speaks to the media on Tuesday morning, so I'll be there for that. But there is, it, it does not appear the Raiders are making Antonio Pierce available which is fine. You know, the Rams don't even send anyone to the combine. So teams have different approaches, Mm -hmm. but with this new regime, we're obviously seeing for whatever reason, they've decided to have Antonio Pierce either stay home or he'll be there and he just won't be speaking officially to the media. So we'll have to see which one it is, but heading into the combine, is there any bigger question uh, than quarterback and outside of quarterback? What else do you see here for the Raiders that they really need to poke around and, and get a good sense for this draft class? The biggest question is obviously quarterback. There was a story that came out this past weekend, I guess we're going to talk about on today's show, about the quarterback position and what Antonio Pierce and Tom Telesco think about their quarterback room currently. But outside of that, you mentioned it earlier or a few minutes ago, the offensive line. The Raiders have to figure out what they're going to do with their offensive line. Obviously, Pierce said he wants to be able to throw the ball, but we all know that the genetic makeup of that genetic, the makeup of his football team that he wants is a physical football team. And to me, the way you build that is inside out. So you build that through the trenches, your defensive line, your offensive line. The Raiders study the defensive tackle, whether whether they break Adam Butler, John Jenkins, and Blah Nichols back or not. I think they need to draft a defensive lineman, defensive tackle specifically, and offensive line. Uh, we'll see. I think they, they can go after a right tackle early. Uh, guards are usually drafted on day two, not day one. That's they have the versatility to play outside, but I assume the Raiders are going to add a, at least one guard, at least one tackle between free agency and the draft. So those would be two spots along the offensive line we'll look at. I assume Dylan Parham is going to shift over from guard to center. We'll see. Even if he doesn't, then you're going to have to draft a center because I don't think Andre James will be back. Uh, other than that, you're looking at the cornerback position. I think that's a spot where... Though you're, if you're building a team inside out, cornerback is not a top priority. But to me, it's still on the list because Meek Robertson is going to be a free agent. Nate Hobbs, mm-hmm. while he can play outside, to me, he's better in the slot. You're going to have to address the cornerback position opposite Jack Jones. Yeah, and and I think that we're going to get into that next segment too. And I wrote a piece up on Sports Not as as part of our combine coverage about five cornerbacks fans should watch. And so I'll get your comments on that one too. But the quarterback question, it, it's really interesting because I, I, I see this situation and it, it's, it's, it's really interesting because fans will often tell those of us who do shows, whether it's podcasts, whether it's writing, whether it's radio, doesn't matter. They'll tell you guys don't know any more than anybody else. And they're right. We're making educated guesses. We look at things and we say, okay, here's what we think could happen. Uh, but at the same time, really, and you've said this last show, Mo, 
we don't know what the Raiders feel. If the Raiders feel that Drake May is the guy that will change forever the trajectory of the Raider franchise, they will do whatever they can to try to get to two or one to get the quarterback they want, whether it's him, whether it's Caleb Williams, doesn't matter. They will do that, and people will argue, well, you can't give up that much draft capital. You can't do this. You can't do that. Now, until something actually happens, it's hard to evaluate it. But I think that we're, we're starting to see even Peter King, who announced his retirement on Monday, by the way, longtime NFL columnist, 50 years covered the NFL. Uh, he's, he believes that, that the Bears are going to trade out. I disagree with him. He knows a lot more than I do. Okay, I'll make that fair. I just don't see the Bears doing it. But it just goes to show you that going into the combine this week and then going into the draft in a few weeks, nobody really knows. But at the end of the day, Mo, if a team wants their guy and they believe in their heart of hearts, you got to do it. They will do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah, and we'll see if the Raiders feel like it's worth moving up for a draft prospect or if they could move up for a draft prospect. Because at, at the end of the day, it takes two to tango, right? You can't right. trade up with yourself. You need a trade partner if you want to move up. And I've said this going back to, I don't know, early January, that the spot, if the Raiders are going to make a, a splash with a trade moving up, to me, the highest they, they can go is probably third. Yeah. And I, because I think there's a real possibility that the Patriots trade out. If the Patriots stay at, at three, I think it's a possibility the Raiders can st still get into the top 10 with one of the teams that may not necessarily want a quarterback in the first round, may draft a quarterback, but just not necessarily in the first round. So I think there, there are some spots between five and 10 where the Raiders can move up if they want someone who may be available and they want to leap over the Denver Broncos and Minnesota Vikings. It, if they stand pat at 13, I think fans should uh, embrace the idea that they may not go quarterback with their first draft pick, that they may go with a, a tackle or I wouldn't recommend going cornerback, though they could probably get the best cornerback in the draft at 13, potentially. Terry on Arnold of Alabama. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be quarterback or or a tackle, in my opinion. And if they mm. if they go corner, if they go a quarter, if they go tackle, then we could possibly see them trade back the first round or get their quarterback in the second round, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that's true too. Especially, I mean, if they really like a guy like Penix or Nix may fall. I, I don't know. Again, the draft is such a feel thing. Like when you get to draft day, depending what happens above you, it, it impacts everybody picking below. So for example, our good friend Kelly Kreiner was giving me crap because I said last time that I could see Marvin <laughs> Harrison dropping and really dropping a spot or two because I could see the Cardinals, if somebody really wants, if three quarterbacks, if quarterbacks go one, two, three, and somebody wants to get to four to get a quarterback, if that's the way it's going, I could see the Cardinals trading down two or three spots because they can still get Marvin Harrison. Like he can drop two spots. I'm not saying he's dropping in the second round, but you know, you just don't know what happens on that day. And I think heading into the combine, one of the things that I'm really interested to hear when I'm up there is the Vikings. The Vikings, it, it, there's a lot of coverage coming out now. A lot of people saying the Vikings are really thinking about being aggressive and moving up to get a quarterback. Boy, that changes things, right? Because the Vikings were not a team, especially if they do re-sign Cousins, you're not a, they're not a team you think about. We continue to see our good friends who cover the Giants saying that the Giants are interested in a quarterback. So, so it could be really, really messy, and the Raiders might have to pay a lot but if they feel it's worth it, they can do it. And when the quarterback, cornerbacks, which we'll talk about in the next segment, um, there are some really good ones. It's a good class. And so you're right. I could see them very easily. If, if, those, if they cannot get up, 
if they love a guy and they still can't get up there to get him in that top of the first round, very easily see them going offensive lineman uh, or even cornerback um, in the first round because those are all impact players and those are all positions of great need for the Raiders. Uh, and so, so it'll be it'll be interesting to hear and see who the Raiders spend time with at the combine. It at least give us some hints. It's not going to give us the answers, but that'll tell us a little bit about maybe some of the direction they're going, uh, Mo, when, when we see sort of who they're they're focusing in on up in Indianapolis. So just remember that offensive line men usually don't make headlines. They're not catching touchdown <laughs> passes. They're not rushing for touchdowns. Yeah. But if you listen to Antonio Pierce, and I listened to Antonio Pierce's full interview with Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, Shannon mm-hmm. Crowning on the pivot, it's clear to me he wants to build a bully. And yeah. if you look at the division, right, the one the one weakness that I saw in the in the Chiefs is that you can run the ball. You know, there, there are times where you can control the line of, skin, of scrimmage against the Chiefs. When the Raiders beat the Chiefs, I know they did it with two defensive touchdowns, but they did it with a, with a physical nature, right? Mm-hmm. You got Harbaugh going to the Los Angeles Chargers. What does he usually do when he gets to a football team? Immediately turns into a physical team. Yes. So I think Antonio Pierce is gonna is gonna want to build a bully in the AFC West. And the way you do that, and I'll repeat this again and again until the draft, the way you build a bully is through the trenches. Yep. So I feel like if, if it's not quarterback, it has to be someone on a defensive or offensive line for the Rays that they pick at 13, assuming they stay at 13. And I, and I think that's where they're gonna go. So I'm gonna be talking a lot about offensive linemen, and people are gonna say, I know there are a lot of people out there who are fans of Thayer Mumford Jr., but let's be honest. There, Mumford Jr. hasn't done enough to say that he's the bona fide starter there at right tackle. Jermaine Luminar, we'll see what happens. He's going to be a free agent. A lot of Jets fans want Jermaine Luminar, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Raiders go with a, with another tackle to say, okay, we, now we have our bookend tackles in Colt Miller and maybe whoever they draft to protect our quarterback, whoever that is going to be. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, and, and that's where I think, too, Mo, that that people, like you said, it, it's not sexy to talk about offensive line, but I think, I think Raider fans know sort of and they've heard from Antonio Pierce and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think Antonio Pierce has told us who he wants to be who he yes. wants this team to be Very so clear. listen listen to him right mm-hmm. and and that gets into a little bit of the controversy we saw last week towards the end of the week uh, related to that interview which was this idea that and, and of course pro football talk jumps on and says well they might hear from the NFL because Antonio Pierce basically said he wants to uh, and I'm paraphrasing because he didn't exactly say it. he wants to rip off Mahomes. He wants to basically rip off the head of the snake, so to speak. He wants to f- be physical. And you know what? When you look at the Chiefs, when they have been beat, whether it be in the Super Bowl, or the playoffs, regular season, teams are successful when they rattle Patrick Mahomes and they're very physical. So I don't put any stock into this. Well, he said something like the bounty gate. Oh, BS. Let's you know, and, and I'm not here to I'm not here to you know raw raw fan AP. I'm just telling you it was overblown. And I will tell you this: the one thing I've learned, and I've not been around him right physically. The one thing I've learned about Antonio Pierce Mo is that he's one smart dude. He does everything with purpose. 
And so the, he knew when he would say something like that, that it would, it would raise the ire of people. And, but more than anything, he wants his team to believe what he's been preaching to them, which is we are going to be physical. We're going to have ill intent and we're going to uh, win football games. Like you said, in the trenches and by being physical. Now, we see all these stories. Well, now the refs are really going to watch the race. BS. If they don't do anything that's not illegal, they're going to be fine. It has nothing to do with illegal things. People jump to that. And in reality, this is about beating up your, your opponent on the lines, in the trenches, and getting to the quarterback to disrupt him because you can't beat Patrick Mahomes without disrupting. It was the most overblown story I think I've seen in a long time. I have two thoughts about this, right? One, yes, it was overblown because I think what happened with Antonio Pierce and his comments is he said the quiet part out loud, <laughs> right? So what team yes, playing sir. against the Chiefs, what team playing against the Chiefs doesn't say we have to rough up Patrick Mahomes to win this football game? I right. think that's the game plan of most teams playing the Chiefs. Of course. You got to get Patrick Mahomes on the ground. Now, they don't say that part to the public, and this is why coaches – and general managers don't talk to media much because everything could be taken out of context or taken and mm -hmm. blown up way out of proportion. But Antonio Pierce basically said the quiet part that he says to his team, they preached his team every week out loud. I'm sure Dan Campbell says the same thing to his players. I'm sure the 49ers before they played the Chiefs said the same thing to their players. Look, we got to rough up Patrick Mahomes. Yep. But he said it to the media for it to be used as you know <laughs> content and now everyone's like oh my gosh they're trying to kill patrick mahomes not not literally but they're trying to you know put him in the ground now i will yeah. say this on the other side of it is that antonio pierce has to be careful because i do think that his comments draw attention to the raiders and put not put a bullseye on them but it people remember comment we're all human right sure so sure. people are going to remember what antonio pierce says so any call that's on the line in the gray area it may work against the Rays because remembering those comments, they say, well, this team is going to play physical. They're going to play kind of rough. You know how refs do. Let's be honest about refs. They, sometimes <laughs> they want to control the football game. We yes. want to make sure things don't get out of hand. So we're going to call early penalties. We're going to call the game tight so that things don't go too far over the line. Yeah, it's yeah. a physical game, but we're going to make sure it stays within the, within the, within the guidelines of the rules. So I think that's something to be careful of that when you're talking to the media, be careful about what you say, because things do become a story that are not really a story. Mm -hmm. And because of the human element, referees are human. They could take some of these comments and say, well, this team has a history of being physical. Antonio Pierce wants to be physical. Let's call the game a certain way. And you have to be careful about that because we all know the league is trying to protect quarterbacks. I'm just saying Absolutely. you got to be, you got to be, you got to be mindful of that. Absolutely. And, and that's true. So, so you know, if you're, if you're the Raiders and you play the chiefs, everybody's seen these comments now, right? And they, like you said, they won't forget them. So yeah. if you go in and you sack the quarterback and you land on him, guess what? Yeah. They're going to call, even if it's close, yeah. they're going to call it on you. Yep. So that's fine though. He's made that trade off. The other thing I want to mention before we hit the break here with these comments and, and I don't have any problem with it because at the end of the day, Antonio Pierce to me appears to be supremely confident that he's ready to take this team and make a jump. Great. Sounds good. Fans are excited about it. It's awesome. But I will tell you this, the Chiefs, three Super Bowls in the last five years, six years, right? So guess what? Now you've basically said to them, we're going to come beat you. You've given them bulletin board fodder. So the Raiders, when they play the Chiefs, got to be ready. <laughs> now, I'm not saying they don't have to be ready for the rest of the teams, Mo, but this is your division rival. And 
So now, and, and again, they're the best team in football with the best quarterback in football. This is the way it is, as much as Raider Nation hates that. So when you play the Chiefs, you better come out and play them next year because now you've you've basically said we're coming after you and and you got to be and and as Antonio Pierce says my resume is on the grass your resume against the Chiefs on the grass as a franchise over the last 10 years has not been good now it got better on Christmas Day that's one win that does not make a renewed rivalry that does not make a streak you now have to prepare yourself and be ready and Mo that's the other piece of it here it's great gamens gamesmanship but this is a good team. We'll see what happens with the Chiefs in the offseason and what happens with the Raiders. But man, you're gonna have to you're you're walk you're, you're talking the talk. You got to walk the walk too. Yeah, but this is it. This is Antonio Pierce. This is who he, I, yes, I think listening absolutely. to Antonio Pierce like talk. Of course, right? He he's not gonna make any. You know, I I, I would say he's, he's gonna, gonna make it known. He's not. He's gonna make it known <laughs> that he's coming after you. So that yes. I expect. That's who Antonio Pierce is. If yep. he's coming after you, he's gonna tell you, "I'm coming after you. I'm gonna knock your head off." Exactly. So that's and that's what he wants his team to reflect. I think when I listen to the pivot again, if you haven't listened to the pivot with Antonio Pierce, listen to that hour nine seconds. You learn a lot about what he wants this Raider team to be. That he wants this team, this organization, to be a reflection of him. So when he mm. talks like that to the media and he talks tough and physical, he, he's expecting his team to hear that. I think when you talk to the media in that type of setting or in any setting, a lot of times coaches want to send messages to their players through the media. Yes. So, yeah, you send messages to them one-on-one. -on -one, you have team meetings. You talk to them privately, whatever. But there are certain times where you can get a message across by saying something to the media knowing that it's going to catch waves and catch headlines because that catches people's attention. Like, oh, this guy is, you know, he really means what he says. He doesn't just say it to us. He says it to the public. So it's real. So yeah. I think when he talks, the way he talks, very straightforward, telling the Chiefs that we're coming after you, I think that build that goes into what he's trying to build in Las Vegas. Now, he's one that I will say, while the rivalry has been lopsided between the Raiders and the Chiefs, Antonio Pierce is one and one against the Chiefs with an impressive win against yeah. them on Christmas Day. So, so I could see why he's done it, that he could take down the Chiefs. Sure. He's, he's done it. He's done it before. He's demystified it, right? He's demystified it for the for that team. So so if you're a Raider right now, and we'll see what happens with the roster, the last experience you had with the world champions was you beat the crap out of them. Right. So, so I get that. And that's how fans feel too, so I understand it. Um, and when we come back, we'll talk a little more about that too, about the quarterback situation. We're also going to get into, I wrote a piece up on Sports Not about cornerbacks so I'm going to try to convince Mo that the Raiders, if they don't get a quarterback in the first round, they should get a cornerback before they get a tackle. We'll see if I can convince them. Uh, but when we get back, we're going to talk about that here on Silver and Black today. We're in full off-season mode, but we got the combine come up. I'm excited to be up there, and we will be doing our show from there Wednesday. Mo will be at his lair in New York City, but we will be doing that live from the combine as long as internet holds up. So we'll uh, come back after this message here on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Sports original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back.